Together at the Table, the podcast from Integrity Music, where people around the world sit at their tables and talk about life in all its colors. Not to judge, but to love, share, listen, and learn. Whether you're rich or poor, we all sit at a table. And when we gather, everyone has a part to play in the conversation. So join us now as we share stories together at the table. Welcome to Together at the Table, the podcast where we come together to delve into the stories and insights of extraordinary individuals. I'm your host, Andrew Phillips, and today we're delighted to introduce you to Sandra McCracken. Now, Sandra recently earned a 2023 Dove Award for her Bluegrass Country Roots Album of the Year, Light in the Canyon. It was recorded live at Lady Lodge in the hill country of Texas collaborating with stellar musicians from L.A., Nashville, and New York. And the album reimagined some of McCracken's most influential church and worship songs while introducing new compositions. Hailing from the Midwest and firmly planting her musical roots in Nashville, Tennessee, Sandra is a musician, producer, and at her core, a storyteller. And her storytelling straddling the temporal and eternal has resonated in various settings from intimate clubs to the iconic Ryman Auditorium. With 15 critically acclaimed studio albums, Sandra's repertoire spans genres from melodic pop to Americana and even children's music with the national alt-folk group Rain for Roots. But beyond her musical endeavours, Sandra has extended her passion to conservation, creation care and advocacy against human trafficking. It's a real pleasure to talk with you today, Sandra. Welcome to the table. Thank you, Andrew. It's so good to be with you. This podcast is based on a very simple scripture. It's Luke 11.37, and it's when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in, and he reclined at the table. And with all these episodes, we've started them always the same way. We've asked the guest, to welcome Jesus to the table. So I wonder if you'd do that today. Yeah, I'd be honored. Christ, we invite you because you've already invited us. You are the host and we are your guests. And we are honored to be seated with you at the table. So just ask that you'd go before us and behind us in our conversation today. Thank you. The first question I'd like to ask is basically about the table you work at. What are the things you do at your table of work? all those things that that you do um, from a day-to-day basis. And we've gone through some of the things that you've achieved, which is pretty amazing. But tell us about the table that you work at. Oh, I love that image, thinking about that as it it applies to vocation. Um, My, you know, bread and butter, my, my day job is songwriting. And so the tables change. There are different kinds of tables that I would, um, be seated, you know, that I would sit around with others to write songs or to collaborate on music. Um, so my work is largely in words and in melodies. 
trying to bring to light uh, stories through those melodies and to give voice to um, both my own experiences and theology and how I see the world and also the stories of others and sometimes the stories are that, that are um, that are quieter or that maybe haven't been told. So um, I feel like songwriting is a is kind of a quiet job and it's something that um, yeah it's interesting the image of table makes me think like. It, you could kind of set up a table anywhere to do this kind of work. So grateful for the portability of songwriting as a vocation. One of the things we've talked about with artists over this series is how that, you know, when artists come together to work uh, and work on songs together and, and even when they perform in concert, it is effectively a table. Hmm. It's so true. Um, I heard a podcast where Yo-Yo Ma, the cellist, classical cellist was talking about what it means to perform. And he he really explores and leans into this idea of hospitality in performance. And he would say, you know, whatever happens when he's on the stage and it's all is connected to this experience between people in the room together. And I think more and more in this digital age, we, we are hungry for human experiences where we are longing to sit across the table from one another and have a shared experience of song and of um, hopefully even singing together those new songs. I also mentioned in the introduction some of the really key areas of passion in your life, uh, which are more than just music. Um, you know, wor- worrying about the world, the planet, uh, mm-hmm. and particularly human trafficking, things like that. They're no easy subjects to even talk about, let alone be involved in. Um, mm-hmm. So you must sit at tables talking about some pretty tough things. Yeah, um, I have... I have been grateful to learn from folks that are advocates in more formal roles, like either um, attorneys, you know, people that actually sit at a table where decisions are made. You know, that's so different than the work that I do. And yet it's it really takes all of us to be um, just to pay attention where we are, because there are there are small things that we can do to notice and to care about God's kingdom going forward, which in this case is like, you know, justice for the poor and good news for those who are um, oppressed and for those who maybe don't get to uh, raise their own voice. So they might need someone to raise it for, for them for a time. In regards to your music then, did your music bring about the interest in these areas or was it the other way around? It's probably different. Um, the partnerships that I've um, been part of over the years, each one kind of has a relational story. So for my connection with Arasha International, which is a, um, a conservation nonprofit that um, is really in 19 countries around the world, but there's one in the U.S. as well, that was a relational connection. And I met Peter and Miranda Harris, um, who were they, they were really spearheading this beautiful work with um scientists and they sort of have i mean you know a poetic angle to this whole thing but but what does it mean to sing songs that would stir our hearts to care about place and about people in a way that has that is with conservation in mind so it was relational in the sense that i met peter miranda but then it also was uh part of my childhood story because my dad was a biology teacher and cared very deeply. I mean, he took us on nature walks and taught us to pay attention to the world around us. And in the, in my lifetime, the world is, 
changing quickly and changing in large in large part because of the effects that we have had on the creation. So God has made creation to heal itself, but at a certain point there's, um, there's a breakdown, you know, there's, um, there are aspects of that that we can take part in now that there's more urgency than there was even 40 years ago. In the Christian church today, do you think there's enough work being done, uh, in our faith, uh, as in a, our actions to our faith hmm. in these areas that you that you really are involved in. I would say, you know, I live in in the South. I live in Tennessee, in Nashville, and grew up in the Midwest. Um, and I would say the church, in a lot of ways, is in a time of transition. I don't have the expertise or the or the statistics to share that, but I would say my observations is that the church is asleep in a lot of ways, and then there's the other part of the church that um, where there's, um, um, I mean, let me say it this way: there's there's the time would be right for an awakening, you know, for people to come awake to the part that they can play. And if we have freedom in the good news that we've been given, if we have freedom in the spirit, there's a very active part of that. And I don't think we have to be prescriptive about where that shows up because I think for each of us, it comes into our lives in all these different ways. It might be in your neighborhood school. It might be in the government, in your neighbor, in your um, city. It might be with conservation efforts. It, it could take a lot of different forms, but looking for where God's kingdom is going forward in it, using our imagination um, to see beauty and truth and good going forward. Hmm. Can we talk about the album that you received the Dove Award for, uh, Light in the Canyon? Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, wonderful album. Thank you. But talk us through talk us through what you wanted to achieve with that album. So this album, um, Light in the Canyon, was made in a, at a retreat center, which is kind of an unconventional space in Texas. And um, I invited a group of friends, a group of musicians, but also a group of other friends that ha- that are artists or pastors in different ways to spend a couple of days together reflecting on a few key themes and these songs. It had this batch of songs, both old songs and new songs, songs like We Will Feast in the House of Zion and also new songs like Until He Comes Again, Um, really songs of hope and songs of possibility. We were just coming out of the pandemic and this group got together to, it was really kind of a mini retreat where we hit record and also made some songs and brought these songs to life. And so I think what you, what is captured on this is a very shared communal human experience of these songs and people willing to say, yes, I want to, I want to invest in this time together. And so it really, uh, I, I was so surprised and thrilled to receive the devil award for this. Cause it feels like, um, really being able to champion uh, this shared experience, this collaborative experience together. Yes, and I get, again, it's another example of around a table, everyone working uh-huh. together to achieve something. So true. We did. We shared meals and we had opportunities to hike and swim in the river and just people having some downtime to rest. But as we've all, con- I mean, 
our whole society has come through such transition since the pandemic and it's, it's rearranged things. And I think we're still kind of unpacking some of the ways that things have been rearranged. So when we gather around the table, um, it is a real, it, it is a real opportunity for us to say, what do we want this to look like going forward? And what do we remember about God's faithfulness? Um, how do we carry that with us into a hope for a hopeful future? Can we talk about some of your family traditions at the table, you know, you, you know, mm. past and present, anything there that you'd like to share with us? How special is the oh, table in the family? That's a fun question. Um, I grew up in a big family and we had pretty simple meals because we were feeding a lot of people, the youngest of five kids. And we always had cousins and my dad was a teacher. So we had students, he was a coach, so runners and whoever else was around. And, um, and so I, I, I think that the, the table was a time of, it was a, a little bit of a circus. Uh, I loved the party of it. I'm, I'm pretty shy, kind of a quiet kid growing up. So the table really represented that coming together. And there was just always stuff going on and getting to hear people's stories and people telling jokes. And, um, and you think about the nourishment that happens that's all because of the social experience you're having, having in addition to the meal. Um, and then present day, I think we are, um, my husband and I really try to, um, at least have our evening meal together as a family. And, uh, we have three kids and a lot of times we have guests. Hospitality is a big deal for us and just trying to, um, practice. I mean, I realize now as an adult, how much it takes, how much effort it takes to practice those, um, just having people in and stuff. It doesn't always go how you plan and you run out of things and, you know, the dog barks and whatever, I mean, whatever distractions are going on, it takes real effort to show up at the table and it is worth it. And over time you begin to build these deep memories and attachments to one another because of this practice of just like sharing a meal. And in regards to giving thanks for food and talking about the things of God, and uh, uh, do you do that at the family table? We do. So our kids are age ranging from four to 16. So you get kind of a, and then with guests in the mix and their various um, backgrounds, um, one of the things that we've, we've talked about is, um, we call it like high, low, high. We'll talk about like a high point, a low point, and another high point each day. And um, sometimes we'll get the eye rolls from the teenagers, you know, at this point. But it, there is a sense that it, even if we don't get all the way through it, all the way around the table, um, trying to foster gratitude and giving thanks for the things, noticing the things and where God shows up in our lives. Um, and you mentioned something earlier. I mean, I do think it, it, we see God showing up by way of story. So many times it's like the stories of things that happen that we don't actually call to the front of our mind until we share it with someone else. And when we're sitting around the table, that becomes like such a, um, uh, just a perfect setting for doing that, you know, a place where we can see one another face to face and slow down long enough to listen. Hmm. Preparing for the table, you know, because when you're out doing things and your husband's out doing things and, you know, mm -hmm. you, you then come back to the table, how do you prepare yourself to be together at the table? Um, again, there's intentionality to that and it requires communication. Um, one of the things I love about music or, you know, we talked about 
this recording and the for light in the canyon collaboration is a big part of family life it's also a part of making music together that there's um there's an interplay of communication so if 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 tim and i are planning a meal sometimes it's like text it's menu it's thinking about different things sometimes it's hey you run with this one and i'll run with the next one because we were both like you said going to two different directions and music is such a parallel to that because a lot of times, and this record, this record was unique in the sense that it's uh, jazz musicians, so they're they're really skilled in nonverbal communication. So, I loved getting to work with these musicians that know how to talk without talking, and they can, with an inflection or with a lead in of notes or with a pause or body language, because we were all in the same room together, they can give a cue, Hey, we're going to go to the chorus or Hey, and I could do the same with just with my voice or with my guitar. And, um, I think that's like that dynamic is, um, it's just one of the most joyful parts of, of collaborating and how we can do so much more when we do things together than we could do just all by ourselves. You know, I can do one thing as a solo if I were just singing a cappella in the room, but it's another thing to hear the interplay between all these people and something happens that could not have otherwise happened without this set of experiences represented by each of these people. Mm. Jesus often dined with various individuals, the marginalized actually, those that people didn't want to sit with. Mm-hmm. Have you found in your life that you've you have said that your your early life your family always had lots of people there but uh-huh. yeah do you do you do that a lot That's a great question I think yes I think we have um yes and I think we could always do more of that I I I think we're at a time right now where we are reaching out and just wanting our doors to be open to um relationships that would otherwise kind of fall through the cracks or people that are in transition. I think we, I think my husband and I both pay attention to that and, and care about that. Um, and at the same time, I think, I think it is, it is realistic to say we all have limitations of how much we can take on and how, how much hospitality we can give. Um, but I think, I think it comes down to really paying attention to where, you know, as you go throughout your day or throughout your relationships, like just those prompts, you know, and my husband and I talk about that a a good bit, like, Hey, let's just have these times open and each of us just look for opportunities to invite somebody to join somebody who, who might be a good fit or who might need that at this time. And, um, and it works both ways because it's a mutual gift to be able to give and also receive through giving. There's a beautiful line in your song, patient kingdom. Uh, and it's, it, I can't get the line out of my head. It's so gorgeous. It says, when was the last time you felt steady in the chaos? Hmm. And, and I kind of think that this is what I'm talking about with being at the table with people that we don't always get hmm. on with or agree with, or that we see yeah. that are hurting, that our job probably as Christians, as much as anybody is to bring peace to the chaos, right? Hmm. Man, that's, it's, um, that line still resonates with me singing it. Um, it's uh, the opening line, and it does feel like um, it mi- it mirrors that invitation of what it is to be brought in, you know, just to brought it, be brought in from whatever craziness is going on outside or whatever craziness is going on within us, to, to know that there's a safety of just bringing yourself and um, 
to be welcomed. And I think it's so essential because I think people are lonely and I think we're all kind of feeling like maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the exception or I, and I shouldn't be here. But I think the more we can echo God's invitation to one another, the more we begin to believe it. And then we begin to extend it to other people. Um, it makes me think just of the holidays and the expectations of the holidays. Sometimes the hardest group of people is your own family, like your own extended family and all the baggage and all the things, or maybe we bring the expectations that are brought in at those times of year. And, um, and I think each one of those interactions is like, we have a chance to bring light. We have a chance to start new, you know, just these little redemptive ideas, um, rather than uh, rehashing old stuff or bringing up the same thing we brought up last time or having the same argument you had with the same family member, you know, those places can be really tense, but I think trying to move through toward the light, toward the good, toward the future. And, um, and that that family building is um, sometimes really hard, but sometimes it can be um, sometimes it can be redemptive in surprising ways. Together at the table. Check out Faithful's Wondrous Things featuring Dove Award winning Sandra McCracken. Faithful's newest single, Wondrous Things, featuring Dove Award-winning Sandra McCracken. Available now. Together at the table. Hi, Andrew Phillips here. We've put together a resource for you to take your podcast experience to the next level. You can now bring the heartwarming conversations from our podcast to your very own table. Introducing the Together at the Table PDF Listening Guide. This guide provides a deeper insight into our series and offers you the chance to host your very own Together at the Table gathering. Inside, you'll find all the thought-provoking questions we discuss in every episode. Use these questions to create meaningful conversations with your friends and family, just as we do on the podcast. It's a great way to connect and grow together. Download your copy now by going to integritymusic.com forward slash together at the table. We'd love you to share your responses with us. What insights did you gain and what conversations were sparked around your table? We've set up a voicemail so you can get in touch and tell us about your stories from your table. Call 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. We look forward to sharing your stories and thoughts on a future episode. Thank you for being part of this beautiful community. Together at the table. Sandra, what do you think people say about you when you leave the table? And you could also answer it on this way you could you know what would you like people to say about you when they leave the table i mean i i guess i would just want them to think i was bringing some kind of delicious dessert back from the kitchen or something i'm not the best baker but i um 
but I can follow a recipe. So it would be, it would be fun to, in, in other words, I think it'd be great to, to be known for, um, great food as part of what you're doing, you know, to bring something, um, not just meat and potatoes, but something that's actually, um, can bring some delight. Hmm. If you could leave something at the table, so maybe something that you'd like to give as a gift or something you'd like to leave and not take back again, what would you like to put on the hmm. table? I, I hope some of that is in my work in terms of music and just the songs that would get stuck in people's heads. That's the one thing that comes to mind, you know, just that there would be a blessing or kind of a benediction song, whether or not it's an actual song or just a sense of like being loved and sent out from that place. Somebody recently was talking about just how important it is to bless one another, like to give a blessing. And I think that's a, um, like a tradition and a part of our faith that um, would be a good habit to get into. You've written a lot of songs, a lot of songs. Is it possible to recall a song of that feels that it's done a lot for you uh, as an artist and as a person out of all those songs that you've written? Um, yeah, I mean, there are, one of the, I mean, the song We Will Feast in the House of Zion, which is relevant to this conversation around being around a table, is a song that has been really meaningful for me. And I wrote it in a time when, I guess it's been about 10 years, actually. I wrote it at a time where I was um, just huge life transition. I was um, doing a lot of writing and studying uh, and writing hymns for the church to sing specifically this church in Houston where I was caring for this community. And, um, and I was spending, I spent some time in the old Testament and there's some Isaiah and Jeremiah both have these like descriptions of what will be that are so beautiful. And one of them is in Jeremiah 31 where it just, it gives this picture of um, flourishing and it gives this picture of like whatever is broken right now, whatever's, whatever feels like it's falling apart, there is going to be a day when we're going to sit around the table and we're going to remember the goodness of God and His faithfulness in our stories. And so that song has really carried me in a lot of ways. And I don't think I knew what I was writing other than God gives us comfort through His Word to us. And then we share that with one another. Like we were just saying, like we kind of bless one another with that. And, And then over 10 years, I can see so many ways that God has already brought healing where there were tears and then other places where he's still continuing to do that work. And we, um, we know that, um, that one day we're going to see this in full glory. We're going to see what he, what he's doing in our lives. And, um, so that song's really been, um, a big part of my story over the last 10 years. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Is there a moment as you look back, um, in your life where you could remember a moment at a table with someone, maybe your family, um, and something that, that you'll never forget. Hmm. Yeah. I was a um, part of an artist trip, um, to Jerusalem about, uh, five years ago or so. And, um, we, shared a meal. Uh, we had lots of great meals, but I remember one meal we had that was, um, 
hosted by like a family hosted it in Tel Aviv and this other family came in to cook the meal and it was just like not a big house, but it was just the most lavish meal. It was just like one thing after another. And, um, I don't know, by the end of the meal, I remember I sat and played Bob Dylan songs on the guitar and other people were sharing poetry. And it was just like the richness of that meal just like spilled over into kind of sharing life with one another. And this was a group of people that kind of knew each other. Some of us knew each other well. And, um, but, it was a really memorable time. And I think now just thinking about the world and thinking about Jerusalem and some of um, the deep brokenness and complexity. And again, that, that joyful experience just um, gives me hope for what will be even in a place like that. Can you tell us some of the Bob Dylan songs that you played? Ah, that's so funny. I remember the times they are changing and uh, i i love his uh his folky you know eight verses of stories i just love those songs sometimes those words come out um and i can't believe i can remember them all but sometimes i do it must have been we shall be released <laughs> we shall be released is a good one <laughs> sandra if there was someone or somebody that you could sit at the table with now who sadly might have passed on or is is here now who would that be and why well i guess um i'd start by saying my favorite one of my favorite writers is c.s lewis and i've heard stories that he and tolkien and chesterton gk chesterton used to sit at a pub regularly and meet um which is you know that's a that's a that's a table as well and um I think about the writings, Lewis's writings, especially the way he spoke so much about um, imagination and then used imagination to write stories about so many other things. Um, it's really shaped my my thinking and my writing for many years in different in the different forms of his books that I've read. Um, so I think that would be I'd love to drop in to to the table there with them in England. I've actually been to that pub. It's called The Eagle and Child, <laughs> and um, it's in Oxford. So it's closer to me than you, uh, but I have been. <laughs> and you're right. It's it's intriguing. It's incredible to look at uh, a pub, a table, where people mm. of that uh, wisdom and, and, and all right. that ability sat there and constructed these stories that have impacted our life, not just our life, but our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I read something after about when one of them passed, like just the the description of the change in the relationship between the other two, like that there is a dynamic that when we gather, something happens with the chemistry of, of each person gathered. And that if you took away one of those, one of those people that it would change the nature of your, just your dynamic. And what is it like to sit around that table? It would change. So I don't know, it's an intriguing thought. Hmm. Can I ask you, Sandra, if you sat with Jesus at a table, what would you say? Um, you know, it's funny that at this point and at this moment, I think it would be really nice to just sit and share a meal and some of that nonverbal communication of that I describe with musicians, I feel like that would be the most profound thing is just to be with. And I feel like 
maybe that's because that's my most free like that's that's how i understand um being with christ has come to be with us there's this incarnate you know by his spirit he is with us so i don't know if i think about the words as much as just like the the physical presence of being with that is a beautiful thought about the the peace and the quiet at that table would be quite welcoming right now Mm. Mm. yeah sometimes when you sit with people and there's a pause or there's a long pause and um there's an author sherry turkle that i heard her speak many years ago she talked about the changes in our society and she talked about the, the title of her book was alone together um and she just said, there's just something that you can't replace about that time between. So the time between the phrases, whereas if you're sending a text or an email, um, there's no gap. So you just pick it up and, you know, you you carefully craft your response and you send it. But when you're sitting across the table, there's just all kind of space and there's sometimes there's awkwardness or sometimes there's just like the the sounds and the the sensation of like whatever whatever else is going on around you and you're experiencing it together and i think um i think it's so important to our our being human and it's an amazing thought that christ himself enters into our reality in that way and has and will again Hmm. so i hear that the quietness is what you would like at that table i think so but if i was to reverse the question and say what would you actually like Jesus to say to you at that table? I mean, I guess we have all these assurances that he's given us, um, all the promises of what will be. And like I said before from Jeremiah, when he says, you know, this is all going to be all right. And um, we'll sing with our hearts restored, like in that song. And, um, we will feast and weep no more. Like these kind of words, which are words I've said a lot, but to hear those um, audibly, I think would be, um, there'd be some real, there'd be some real, I don't even know, resolution or comfort or um, kind of a completion to that here in it. What would you say to people who are listening to the podcast today who are undecided about coming to the table with Jesus mm. for, for, for various reasons. Many things mm. may have happened that have confused them or made it hard to get to that table. What would you say to them about coming to a table to meet with Jesus? Well, I, I think I would say, you know, the pressure's off because he is, what does it say in, um, when he says in the Gospels, like, I want my house full. Like, he's going to, He's got a seat for you and the pressure's off. He is going to draw you to the table and invite you. And it's it's his job from first to last to bring that about. And um and I think knowing that, I think just realizing you can be invited without having any kind of thing you gotta figure out beforehand. There's no qualifiers, there's no like there's nothing you gotta do to be ready. Um all you got to do is show up and say yes. Sandra, thank you so much for talking with us today at the table. It's been a joy to hear from you and, and for being so honest with your answers. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. Together at the table.
Together at the Table is an Integrity Music Podcast and hosted by Andrew Phillips. The show is produced by Lasting Media Group. Our executive producers are Andrew Phillips and Jason B. Jones. Special thanks to Callie Argent, Bruno Balduino, Olivia Buchanan, Madison France, Alicia St. Gillet, Robbie Moore, Matt Lott, Noah Newman, and John Schneck. Our theme music is Good God, Lo-Fi Version by Special Music from their upcoming album, Still Worship, Lo-Fi, Volume 2. To listen to more lo-fi and Christian instrumental music, search for Still Worship wherever you listen to music. To learn more about Together at the Table, as well as Integrity Music, visit IntegrityMusic.com. And to get more involved with the show, follow us on socials at TogetherTablePod. We've also set up a voicemail at 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. If you have comments or questions, or you'd like to be a part of the show, please call and leave a message. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps keep Together at the Table on the charts where people can find our show. Thank you once again for being with us together at the table.